Welcome to Grass Talk Radio. This show is for people who play bluegrass music and anybody who might want to. The prison guard shut the iron door behind me. Howdy, howdy, folks, and welcome back to Grass Talk Radio. Today, I'm going to do a little interview with a guy named David Mathis of Gallagher Guitars. And for anybody that's been playing bluegrass for a number of decades, has probably run across the famous Gallagher guitar. And it was primarily brought to fame through um, the fact that Doc Watson played a Gallagher. Uh, on on quite a few records, some stuff you probably own, and you may have thought well, that was a Martin, and he did he did play other guitars too, but uh, he was a big fan of Gallagher, and uh, so let's just get right to it. Um, here is my interview with David Mathis of Gallagher Guitars. Okay, folks, I'm here today with. David Mathis of Gallagher Guitars. Good morning, David. How are you doing? Good morning, Brad. Good to be with you. Now, tell everybody where you are precisely on the globe uh, this morning. Well, as you know, uh, Gallagher started in a little railroad town called Wartrace. And uh, we moved up the tracks, as we say, uh, to Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro uh, is just about in the middle between Wartrace and Nashville. Yeah. So it, it worked out for us to move back into the public eye a little more and uh, a little closer to Nashville. And I think it's working out well for us. Yeah. Now, when when did that move take place? Well, it was about a year or two ago? Well, we, uh, you know, I, I had been following Gallagher for a while and knew people that either were working there or had worked there in the past. And so um, when they announced in May of 2019 that they'd closed. It wasn't too long after that uh, that I got the idea of approaching them and seeing if we could uh, purchase the company and keep it going. So that was at the end of 2019, and our shop in Murfreesboro opened actually uh, January 1st, 2020. We got our letter of occupancy on the 31st, and the guys all said they wanted to, to come in and work on January 1st. So that's what we did. How many people are work at Gallagher? So there are, not counting myself, there are four full-time folks and three part-time folks. Um, and uh, who's I spend a good good portion of my time up here as well. I know. I'm I'm already digging into things I may ought not dig into. But no, you who, go for it. Who's the? Uh, I mean, how many years have like? Who's the longest term person that's been there? I mean, I'm just curious because this this company has a long history, which I want you to go over. Maybe we it should just does. do that. Let's just back up. Okay. How about okay. tell us about Gallagher, JW. How did this get started? And as you work through it, take as much time as you want. And also tell me about you and how you found out about Gallagher Guitars. But Yeah. Well, I'll, kinda, I'll, inter, I'll intersperse those two. I'll tell you that uh, as a uh, 12, 13-year-old, my youth director introduced me to guitar. And just a wild guess now, Brad, guess what, what guitar brand he was playing? Um, let's see, Taylor <laughs> uh, Takamini. <laughs> 
And so, you know, I've always known about Gallagher. And plus, I grew up nearby. I grew up in uh, Manchester. At least that was uh, my last several years of school. Yeah. Um, and so I'd always known about Gallagher and had followed them. Um, but the company itself started in 1965. And in fact, I, I mentioned earlier that George Gruen is here visiting with us today. Right. right. And uh, he walked into one of our rooms and immediately noticed the guitar that was hanging. It was the old Shelby guitar. And the Shelby guitar was made in Shelbyville, Tennessee, which is about 15 minutes from Wartrace. And they had a factory there that wanted to get into the business of making those uh, retail guitars like the Sears and Roebuck and Harmonies. And, and they employed JW to come down and develop their production line. Uh, because he was also a machinist. He he was a furniture maker yeah. primarily, yeah. but he, he also learned uh, machinist skills. And that's where he got interested in building guitars. Uh, although he didn't stay there very long because he, he came back and then he built his own uh, shop for building guitars. And that was in 1965. And um, he ran that for 10 years, uh, retired, uh, in 75, and his son, Don, who was actually in a uh, PhD program in psychology, I forget what university, he left that program and came back to Wartrace and ran Gallagher Guitars for the next that? 40 years. Yeah. yeah. I, th I think I met him at, at okay. some point. I, I never did uh, have any occasion to meet JW, but... Uh, yeah, me either. I visited the shop the first time in 78, and J.W. was still alive and, and I understand was often at the shop. But, you know, I was a young man. I didn't know to ask uh, to meet J.W. Uh, so Don greeted us that day and took care of us. Well, let me uh, ask but I, I never. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, did, did J.W. play guitar or did this just come from his building skills and that... Um, I mean, I'm just curious. Is he, was he a guitar yes, player? Yes, he, okay. Well, let, let me tell you about that. Okay. <laughs> I have enjoyed every, every JW story I can get, I enjoy. And then I speak with Don occasionally, and Don shared lots of stories with me. But I had a, a gentleman in here the other day, uh, I'll just give his first name, Michael, who was going to school at the uh, private school there in Wartrace. And uh, he would go down to the shop. He was friends with Don. And he'd go down to the shop and he'd tune the guitars for JW because JW, according to Michael, was tone deaf. Interesting. Not only could he not play, but he couldn't tune. And eventually he was able to buy a tuner that he could use to tune his guitars. Right. How about that? That is, uh, that's interesting. <laughs> but, you know, that says something about, you know, it's not always... You know, a lot of people think, okay, here's here's a guy who's a great guitar player. Maybe you know he could know what how to make a great guitar, and that that's just not the case. I mean, there's so many other right. things involved. I think furniture building is probably a better skill than tuning. You know, let the musicians tune. And I've seen some of JW's early pieces, and he he built uh, high end furniture. He built Queen Anne style furniture. And so he was already a very skilled wood, woodworker. So he, uh, you know, he uh, reverse engineered. He taught himself 
the the construction process on guitars by taking uh, old Martins and other guitars and uh, cutting them open with a bandsaw. Wow. You're bringing tears to my eyes there, but uh, you know, that is, you, <laughs> you know, you got to get them open somehow. <laughs> yes, but that's the way he did it. I had one gentleman come by and, and he, he used to cut hair uh, down in War Trace and he'd cut Mr. Gallagher's hair. And he had a Stella guitar and uh, Mr. Gallagher offered him $25, which is quite a bit of money in uh 65 yeah if he if he'd sell him his stella guitar so he could cut it open <laughs> and he, and and if i would let him do that he would give me one of his new guitars and he said i thought i don't want to have my guitar cut open so he didn't take him up on the offer and and uh he's regretted it every yeah, since. i imagine so i imagine so well uh, let me ask you this uh, and you you may continue weaving through the history here because i want to get eventually to how not not just me but how tens of thousands of people discovered Gallagher and that was through Doc Watson and right um tell us how that came to be well this is my understanding uh about that and um that there was a gentleman and I cannot recall his name um but that knew JW and what JW was doing. And he said, you really need to meet Doc Watson. So I think he was encouraged to seek out Doc Watson. Yeah. You know, the story is about how that they went down to a festival and Doc and Merle were uh, at this festival, the Union Grove Union Fiddlers Grove. Convention. Right. Does that sound right? Yeah. I think that's right. Um, and he met um, Doc and Merle there. And my understanding, um, Don has shared some of this with me, is that uh, JW only had the G50 and the G70 to take down there. And the G50 that he had available had a flaw in it, had a crack of some kind. And um, he didn't want to sell it to Doc, but Doc really wanted that guitar. And so that's how it came about that he said, you know, I'll loan it to you. And when you're done with it, you, you'll give it back to me. And that's the guitar on uh, Will the Circle Be Unbroken, the old Hoss yeah. uh, G50. Well, that, because of that, uh, I guess because of Doc's preference for that guitar, that became everybody's preference, I think. You know, there was something, yes. you know, hearing him play it made it a lot, I mean, you know, it's it's a lot of it is in the hands of the player. It's the instrument and it's the player, and you put those two together. Right. And you know, I had a friend of mine who I was talking to you with email, setting this thing up, and I said that I had a friend of mine who was a a longtime fan of our band here in Atlanta, who got to know Doc because he would go see Doc and Merle play whenever they were around, and right. sometimes. Merle and uh, who's the bass player? Uh, Michael Coleman. Sometimes they'd run off yes. and go do things after sound check and just leave Doc sitting there. And my friend, Bob Pearl, Pearlmutter, would he noticed one time that Doc was just sitting in a chair up on the stage and everybody was gone. And so he, he went up and started talking to Doc and took him out to dinner. And they, they became close friends. And because of that, Bob bought 
a Gallagher G50. I, I think a G50. <laughs> I'm not sure what it was. And that was in 1977. Okay. And uh, okay. it's just, you know, he's constantly, this guy, Bob Pearl, was singing the praises of Gallagher, 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 Gallagher. That's all we heard out of this guy. So he, he probably helped you guys sell a few guitars over the years. <laughs> you know, it's been... Um, um, when I when I bought Gallagher to keep it going, I had my own sense of connection to it. Um, but it's been really humbling for me to hear the personal connections people had yeah. to their guitar and to Gallagher and the stories behind them, such as the story you just shared about Bob. Well, let me give you one more, a little addendum to the Bob Perlmutter story. I went on your website. I was just kind of digging around a little bit, trying to, you know, re, you know, reacquaint myself with Gallagher before I talked to you. So I wouldn't seem like such an idiot, you know, and there was a video on there done by some local TV station or something like that. I'm watching the video and the, the presenter, the host or the reporter is showing a log book, I guess, kept by JW and Don that listed okay. the name and address of every person who had bought a Gallagher guitar. And they zoomed in and were scrolling down, and I saw my friend Bob Perlbutter's name handwritten on that little log there. And it said 1977. It had the date. I don't recall the date. But I want yeah. to tell you about that guitar because Bob had a friend who was in Vietnam. And in the latter stages of, of the war... And had come back, and you know, I guess today they would call it PTSD. I'm not sure right. what they referred to it in those in those years, but he was pretty messed up from the whole Vietnam War experience, and had come back and had basically lost everything. He, you know, and he had he was a guitar player, and this was a friend of Bob's. He had played guitar, but he didn't have a guitar. And as I understand the story, Bob Pearl, your customer, <laughs> gave that man that Gallagher mm. yeah. so that he would have an instrument to play. But that didn't, I, yeah. I'm sure Bob had another one coming eventually, but he, you know, so that, I don't know where that guitar ever ended up, but it, you know, that's the kind of thing well, the, people the, do with yeah. music. Yeah. They often have interesting stories like that. Uh, we built a G 70 M is what uh, it's been called um, because it's a modified body. Um, but we built one recently in the past six months for a gentleman who had had uh, a G70M, I think from the 70s. But he had given it to uh, a young artist um, a few years ago. Uh, and, and I've actually met him, and, and he loves his guitar. But uh, the gentleman that we built it for, he was missing his G70M, so he ordered another one from us. Uh, and just just for a for the guitar geeks, the fifty is a mahogany body, and the seventy is rosewood. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah. we refer to those as our legacy guitars uh, because they were the first ones, and and it was named the fifty because J.W. was turning fifty. Oh, how about that? Now, did the when, seventy when come started. out when he was seventy? <laughs> no, that no. didn't make okay. sense. Uh, yeah, they, that would have waited too long. Yeah, that's uh, funny. But he started that in the early '60s as well. Um, 
um, and it, it was his first rosewood guitar. And so he, he gave it that higher designation. Well, what was your first? Um, are you a guitar player? I am a guitar player. Uh, you know, that's that's always on a continuum, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. sometimes I, I just, you know, as I've said, I've mostly played to an audience of one. Mm -hmm. But, you know, nothing wrong with that. You you, you have your guitar because you enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and well, used you used to play, you know, with a band when I was younger. But, you know, I, I have my three songs that I can do fairly well. And then someone <laughs> like uh, Trey Hensley comes in. And you want to just put your guitar down, <laughs> pick it up again. Yep, yep. I know the feeling. Well, uh, yeah. how about uh, take a minute and walk us through um, just a little overview of, of what models of guitar are currently, you know, in the stable of Gallagher instruments. Like, kind of run them down for me. Yeah, okay. Well... In particular, uh, the things, a, uh, particularly the things that are loved by the bluegrass players because... Um, well, actually, my audience is right, primarily right. bluegrassers, but you know, with with a guy like yeah. Doc Watson, he's influenced a lot of players outside of the bluegrass realm. He's not even and a bluegrass he continues. Player. Well, he continues to influence people. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I I have regular conversations with people who are calling about ordering a guitar, and the inspiration behind it still is Doc Watson. Yeah. Um, so our most iconic guitar, of course, is the Doc Watson model. Um, that's where he had his G50, and uh, he and Merle helped Don uh, redesign that guitar, and it became uh, the Doc Watson model. Um, he wanted more of the Les Paul profile for the neck, and that was the biggest change. If you played any of the old G50s, you know, the neck can be kind of hefty. Yeah, and for um, for those who don't know, uh, tell them why he liked the Les Paul. <laughs> See, a lot of people don't, I'll just say it, a lot of people don't yeah. know that Doc started out flat picking on a Les Paul. <laughs> Not, on an electric. Yeah, right. on an electric. Yeah, so, you know, that was the profile he wanted. It played well. He wanted the, uh, the wider fret wire, uh, yeah. which we still put on the Doc Watson model. So he, he wanted that very playable guitar. So that has been, uh, of all the guitars that Gallagher sold over the years, that's been the most popular guitar. So we refer to uh, that guitar as one of the heritage guitars, along with the Ragtime. And the Ragtime Special is an auditorium, or you might think of it as a, a, a double O uh, size guitar. Yeah. And it's been the most popular uh, small body uh, guitar that Gallagher's ever built. And then the legacy guitars go back to the first guitars, and that's the G50 and the G70. Now, the Doc Watson, the G50, the G70, I would argue they're as good of a bluegrass guitar as is being built out there right now. I, I would argue uh, that as well. Our, our guitar player in the band I was in played one for many years. Uh, and so right. I've stood right next to that box for a long time here in bluegrass stuff <laughs> being played out. Yeah. Of it. He also had a 51 Martin. I have to give you that too, but yeah, uh, he oh, would I've never, played some wonderful Martins. Yeah. He would never turn loose that Gallagher though. And, uh, yeah, I don't blame him. Right. Uh, so continue with the models. So, so the, the G 50 of course is the mahogany, the, uh, G 70s, uh, the Rosewood, 
In fact, we had Chris Jones in the other night. He played. We have a small venue, and he played for us with his. Uh, right. I, I forgot I think, all about. I'm thinking it's a 74, 78. I'm I'm getting a block right now. Yeah, but he that's has always G70. played at Gallagher, like for he thirty five years or something. Right throughout his career. In right. fact, my understanding, he was sitting one of the record companies. It might have been RCA. Um, signing a contract and uh, the president or vice president, whoever it was, called Don and said, I've got a young man here who plays a Gallagher. And they had never met before. And so that served as their introduction. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in terms of other guitars, uh, you know, I have to throw in the Doc Watson signature. Uh, we're just, we just finished up one yesterday. We got another one we're going to finish up probably tomorrow. Uh, the first one's going down to Florida. The second one's going to Norway, Oslo, Norway. <laughs> and it's just a beautiful guitar because we take the Doc Watson specs and then we change the appointments slightly, um, including uh, the, his signature on the 12th fret, uh, which is just beautiful. And and I, I do uh, the inlay work, even though I've just hired somebody who's, uh, going to take over much of that for me. But every time we inlay that signature, I, I just can't quite tell you what it feels like uh, yeah. to know that he gave that to Gallagher and that we're, we're continuing that name on the, on that guitar. Yeah. That, that is really wow. neat. Uh, where can yeah. people, if, if someone is interested in trying out a Gallagher and where, where, how do they get their hands on one? I know, you know, you got to try before you buy where can, how do you sell them? Or, or is it direct purchase from you or through dealers or how do they, and if you have some more models, yeah. you want, I, I don't mean to cut you off on other models, but no, that's fine. Uh, how can uh, people yeah. get their hands on these things? Well, we'd love for people to come by the shop. They can really get the experience when they see what we're doing here, but that's just not practical uh, for some people. So yeah. Yeah. we're beginning to add some dealers again. And, and uh, those are, uh, listed on our website, and we'll continue to, to add dealers. Uh, as you're probably aware, um, Gallagher had been rather quiet for a few years. Yeah. And and it was harder and harder to, to uh, be able to locate a Gallagher to play one. So we're trying to uh, change that and get back out. And we really want our guitars in the hands of people so they can see and hear for, for themselves. Yeah, I've always viewed Gallagher... Uh, to be see i'm a mandolin player primarily um right and my thing was always uh the flat iron mandolin that steve carlson was building out in bozeman and what's what's interesting about i think is similar with the flat irons and the old flat irons and gallagher's is that people don't sell them they they get them and they keep them their whole life you know they don't turn up every day you know a lot of people you can, I mean, there's so many Martins and all, you know, all these things out there that people right. go through them, but you get your hands on a really fine instrument and people just don't turn loose of them. They'll joke around with you and act like they might sell it to you. <laughs> and then they back out. That's I've, I've had that happen to me on a Gallagher. So uh, I, yeah, I yeah. think that's, it's good that they're not showing up. It proves that people won't, you know, you'd have to pry it out of their dead hands as uh, you know, Charlton Heston said. 
<laughs> something like yeah, that. Yeah, they, they are hard to find. I just purchased a used Ragtime Special that I'm going to be listing soon um, because you don't see a lot of used ones out there. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, that's a, to me, that's a, you know, a credit. Uh, just ballpark, um, how many Gallagher guitars have been produced, like from day one to now? Do, do you have an, a, a number? Yeah, yeah, we're approaching about 3,900. Yeah. And yeah. it was 37-something it was um, uh, when we purchased the company. Yeah. That's, a, you know, so, that, that's a lot of guitars when you think about it, but then when you look at the mass market, uh, it's not right. It's really not that many guitars. Right. That is. And cool. JW was very productive. Don, uh, he sold a lot of guitars over the years. But you're right. When you look overall, that's that's not a lot when you compare to a big company like Gibson or or Martin. Uh, and we do hope to uh, increase the visibility and the availability of Gallagher's. We've got a couple of models too. I'll mention. Uh, one is the G45, and the first G45, actually it was the G40. It was built for Merle, and but later that year, uh, JW changed the name to the G45, and uh, I've actually played uh, recently. I actually played the very first G45 that was uh, designated as the G45. Great sounding guitar. Well, what's what's what is different about it, say from the 50? Yeah, the, the G45 was intended to be a simpler-looking uh, guitar. Mm -hmm. For example, black binding rather than ivoroid. Oh, yeah. uh, black, white, black, purfling rather than uh, herringbone. So it was a simpler-looking uh, guitar in some ways. But I think because of that, it's also very appealing. It's a very clean-looking guitar. So we took that and we created what we call the Songwriter Series, where we do the natural finish, uh, we do one in black and we do one in a, a uh, creamy white. Uh, but we put a K and K pickup in them, and we use a Lutz top rather than Sitka. And I don't know if you're familiar with Lutz. No, but for I those who aren't, I don't know what that is. Yeah, Lutz is a naturally occurring hybrid between uh, Sitka and Engelmann spruce. Huh. Where and do, it, where does it grow? Oregon, it grows up in Alaska. Yeah, up in the uh, up in the north northwest. Yeah, um, and it it creates a really nice versatile guitar. So we think that's great for someone who you know wants to be able to grab a guitar for a show or a gig, or for writing a song, whatever. It's yeah. a good versatile guitar, and we put a K and K pickup in them, so they're ready to go. And we're trying to price those at a point so they're within reach of someone who wants a really nice handmade guitar. And then we also have the um, G30 line, um, which um, is a simpler guitar because it doesn't have any binding. It's all mahogany, and it's a matte finish. Huh. And in the same way, we're trying to make that uh, um, an affordable handmade guitar. Let me ask you, well, this is kind of a geeky question. Do all Gallagher's have that same distinctive peghead shape, sort of that wave on top that, you know, when I see that, you can see a, a blurry yeah. photograph from 25 years ago and you go, <laughs> that's a Gallagher. Um, yes. They all use that I love template? that. Yeah, we do. We do uh, a French curve right. uh, that's on that, that head 
headstock. And uh, I, I agree. You, you can see it a mile away, it seems like, when yeah. you see one on stage or somewhere. Yeah. So um, that's an important piece of, of Gallagher. Yeah, that and that G, that letter G, kind of looks like an old English capital G. It and, is. And it's it is. just the thing. You know, you go, boom, that's a Gallagher. Uh, yep. Look, do you build any, are all these 14 fret, uh, 14 fret models, uh, do you do like well, smaller? Actually, like... actually, Brad, we, we can build anything you want. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> now, we do, we do have a standard 12th fret model. Our grand concert model is always a 12th fret. But right now we're building a, uh, uh, a custom order guitar that's a 13 fret. He couldn't decide huh. a 14 or 12, so let's meet in the middle. That is and neat. we're building, we're building a 13 fret. That is neat. Um, any slot heads? Or, or well, the not? the 12 fret uh, guitars are almost always a slotted headstock, yeah, and, okay. and we can do it on any guitar. Um, like our parlor guitars, it just makes sense. It just looks right to have that slotted headstock on it. Um, so, you know, we, we can build it on request, but there are only a few guitars that it comes standard on. Let me ask you this. Is it true that if a person purchases a Gallagher, Gallagher guitar, that it helps them play more like Doc? <laughs> oh, yes, of course. That's absolutely true. Good, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can count on it. Yeah. Well, listen, David, I, I appreciate you walking us through all this information. I, I have to admit, it's been a few years since I thought about Gallagher. And uh, Jeff, right. your marketing guy, uh, sent me a little email, and I went over to the site. I'm like, man, I always wanted a Gallagher. What, wow. where, what have I been thinking? And it, it's good to know you guys are still kicking. And, uh, yeah. you know, I... Tell tell everybody how, where you know what's your website. Uh, I, you said George Gruen is is prowling around in the back. Is he going to take a trunk load of of Gallagher's <laughs> back to Nashville? Where, tell people how they can get to your website and also okay. tell them where they can buy a Gallagher guitar. Yeah, well, our our website is GallagherGuitar.com. That's pretty easy. How do you spell that? I was I was telling you before we started recording that I have a. I'm going to go out of the show with a little sample of some beautiful Gallagher guitars being played by Doc and Merle Watson on an old album that I have called Elementary Dr. Watson. And they, unfortunately, on the back of the jacket, they misspelled Gallagher. So for you, you people <laughs> typing into your browser right now, tell them how to spell Gallagher correctly. Yeah, it's G-A-L-L-A-G-H-E-R. And so the website is all one word, GallagherGuitar.com. Okay, very good. And and we have some dealers. Um, and again, we're going to be adding some. In fact, I, I need to add to our website our latest one, which is uh, in Springfield, Missouri. You probably know the Chapmans, the uh, acoustic shop up there. I don't. I, um, I, I don't know. I, okay. I'm down here in Georgia. Well, they, we don't, they, we don't they get are, out there. <laughs> okay. Well, they, they are bluegrass folks, uh, so you'll have to look them up. Well, I, it, the um, band, I think, they have a, a, a group, right? Yes. Called the Chapman. Right. Yeah, I know who they are. I didn't realize they had a, a okay. music shop. Yes, they ah, do okay. up in Springfield. Good. 
and then North American Guitar uh, here in Nashville, uh, Righteous Guitars down in your neck of the woods, and Roswell, where, uh, Georgia. Roswell, okay, yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's a great store, by the way. They really understand guitars, um, and so we have a, an exclusive dealership for Georgia mm-hmm. uh, with them. And then um, Drum and Strum, uh, some more great bluegrass folks up in uh, Warrington, Virginia, and Carter's and um, a few other dealers around. You can find that information on our website. But you know, we look forward to people being able to go in and, and pull a Gallagher off the wall and, and play it. Yeah. Well, I hope I can. I want to come up and take a look through the log book and uh, try my hand on a guitar, uh, Gallagher guitar, one of these days when I have time to drive up. I, I had the perfect opportunity. My brother lived in uh, Franklin for, right. I don't know, four or five years. And I kept saying, I need I need to come up and, you know, and they give me an excuse to come to Tennessee. Well, the rascal moved to Okeechobee, Florida. So there, <laughs> now I don't have my place yeah. to spend the night, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You won't find us down there. You're going to have to come to Tennessee. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I love it up there in Tennessee. <laughs> and there's... Uh, um, a lot of history behind, you know, I was thinking about Wartrace and, and I looked Wartrace up on Wikipedia. Of course, you're not in Wartrace now, but that is a big part of the story. And I, I didn't realize it was the right. home of the famous uh, Tennessee walking horses. That yeah. apparently that's yeah. where that whole breed started. And I was also um, interested to know that the land where Wartrace was, was once owned by Andrew Jackson. Well, I didn't know that. That's right. Yeah, it's right there on Wikipedia. It must be true. <laughs> okay, absolutely. It's yeah. on the internet. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I saw it on the internet. It must be true. Anyway, David, thanks a bunch. Um, as I said, I'm going to go out with a little sample of Doc and Merle playing those beautiful Gallagher guitars, and I appreciate you coming on here and sharing your story. And uh, uh, you know, if anything new pops up, you just give me a holler, and I'll. I'll put it out on the podcast for all the all the listeners of Grass Talk Radio. But thanks a bunch, uh, David. Well, thank you, Brad. It's it's been great to talk to you and uh, have the opportunity to let people know, you know, that we are very much alive and well down here, and uh, we hope people will be seeing more Gallagher's around. Yeah, I love it. I love a Gallagher guitar, buddy. Anyway, thanks a bunch, David. Okay, thank you. Well, that was fun, and I appreciate uh, David giving us his time. I'm sure they're busy building Gallagher's right now as we speak. And, hey, David opened, gave you an open invitation to run up there to Murfreesboro, Tennessee and uh, scope out some Gallagher's. And, again, he mentioned the website, GallagherGuitar.com. Uh, go there, and you'll find all the pertinent information, the history. There's some videos on there. Uh, you'll find out who the big stars are that are playing them and have been playing them over the years. And you will also find out um, the, a list of dealers where you could get your hands on one. Anyway, Gallagher has always been a guitar that I have um, dreamed of owning. I don't have one, and I've always... You know, as I said in the interview, our guitar player had one, and he would sometimes pretend like he was going to sell it to me, but he never did. He would always back out at the last moment, and I always wanted that Gallagher he had. Anyway, 
y'all check out the Gallagher guitar. It is um, a very versatile guitar. It's been used in lots of kinds of music. And there are some uh, very well-known qualified bluegrass guitarists who swear by them. So definitely check out the Gallagher. And I appreciate all the support I've been getting with the show through my Patreon over at patreon.com slash Bradley Laird. I appreciate all of you so much and also the visitors to my website, bradleylaird.com, who occasionally, you know, pick up some of my instructional materials and books and ebooks and courses and all that kind of stuff. Thank you all. Uh, we're going to go out here and let you hear Doc and Merle Watson playing a couple of those beautiful Gallagher guitars. So enjoy a little bit of Doc and Merle and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Hush, little baby, don't.